Savage. What's going on, Savages? How you doing? Welcome to episode nine of the Savage Snowflake Podcast. It's me, Jeff Leach. Uh, thank you very much to all of those who've been listening, uh, sharing, and generally enjoying the other eight episodes that I've done previously. If you haven't checked those out yet, they're all up. They're all free. Find them on any good podcasting site. Check out soundcloud.com slash Savage Snowflake Podcast, alternatively, find it on iTunes. And if you do do those things, do me a favor, drop a little subscribe, drop a little like, maybe leave a comment, and if you've got iTunes, then maybe review it, give it five stars. If you're going to give it anything less than five stars, go fuck yourself. I hope your mother and father die in a house fire. All right, straight into the show today. It's been a while. Again, every every recording now, I have to start off with basically like, where have you been, Leech? Um, I don't know, man. Let's just go with this, right? I said that I was going to do this as a weekly basis, that it was going to be out every single time on time for you at the beginning of the week. Clearly, I'm a fucking liar. That's the, that's what we have to take away from this at this point, that I'm, I, yeah, I'm trying to do my best, but there's a lot of shit going on. I've been doing a lot of other work. Anyway, it's all been good stuff. Let me just turn down my volume slightly. It's all been good stuff. It's all positive things. And ultimately, it means that down the end of the line, you'll be like, oh my God, remember when I used to listen to that podcast of that dude who's now blown up and is doing really well in life? Hopefully, that's how you'll feel, as opposed to Jeff Leach is a scumlord because he always promises a podcast, but then he takes three weeks to record one. It's the way it is. Listen, this will cheer you up. Uh, yesterday, I decided to do a little manscaping. I've been working out again. I'm going to a swimming pool today. I'm going to be wearing ridiculously tiny Euro shorts because I'm fucking European. That's what we like to do is to show off the outline of our penises, of our peni. Not that I have more than one. I've only got the one. But European men in general, we like to show off the shape, outline, and girth of our penis through our underwear, our swim shorts. This is how we've always existed. It's more prevalent, I guess, in the more, you know, flamboyant and poncy of European countries like Italians, you know, uh, the Spanish, the French. They, they love popping a little bit of head headline. Head outline? Headline. Headline, that's what we're calling it. Yeah, it sounds nice. Hey, I got a headline for you right here in my shorts, am I right? <laughs> and then you look at my junk and then I go... Ah, fake news! And I run away in the opposite direction. Um, but yeah, I did a little bit of manscaping yesterday. And uh, let me just, a little tale of caution for any young men or old men or young ladies, perhaps, who have yet to start this process of hair removal. Um, if you're going to use hair removal cream like I did, remember to check how long you can leave that shit on before it starts burning your skin away from your body. Because I am nursing a very tender pair of testicles today. God damn, they're smooth. God damn, they're silky. Are they slathered in pseudocreme? Of course they fucking are. Because I managed to take off a layer of skin. The pursuit, the pursuit of the perfect male body, the male form has landed me in so much trouble. Do you know what I mean? When I was working out and I was doing all those leg press exercises with that bodybuilder friend, I ended up overextending my muscles so badly that I leaked my globin into my urine, couldn't walk for three days, and started pissing blood. So literally in my pursuit of masculinity, I'd induce my first period. Now, I'm literally trying to take my own testicles off my body, apparently, with Nair. God bless Nair. If you're listening and you're from Nair, uh, I'd love a sponsorship. There's a lot of hair to take care of. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta maintain your shit. This is the world we live in now. When half of your content on Instagram is you without a shirt on, being like, "Hey, what's up, guys? I'm being amusing, but also trying to get you on board from a purely aesthetic, shallow, sexual sense." Buy my shit. 
come see my shows. Also, here's my man nips. When you're trying to do that, you know, you've got to make sure that you're presenting the best product possible. It's just the way it goes. I can't all be video games. Uh, speaking of video games, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, the government is back on, back on the whole video games are killing our children. Video games are killing our children up and down the country. They're committing suicide because of video games. It's now officially being recognized as a uh, as a mental illness, as a disease of the mind, uh, a gaming addiction. It's an, it's legally an addiction now. Which, sure, yeah, absolutely. You play a lot of video games, you can get addicted to playing video games. They can have some kind of negative effects on you, you know. You might spend all of your time inside, you might never leave the house. That's problematic. You've got to be around people. You've got to make sure that people can see you. You might stop washing. You've got you to gotta, you smell good. Wash your shit. Keep those pits clean, motherfucker. Just because you're spending 465 hours a month playing World of Warcraft doesn't mean you shouldn't wash the cheese dick. The dick cheese. The penis fromage. <laughs> the penis fromage. The... <laughs> uh, I like that. I'm going to... Uh, Madame, would you... Care for some penis fromage? Ah, oh, monsieur, you are spoiling me with this <laughs> delicacy. Mais oui, mon, mon dieu. Mm. Uh, où est le fromage de pini? Um, <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot. There was basically the latest two stories that came up with gaming. This, this, this made me just fucking incredibly concerned about how retarded the world is. Is um, There was a nine-year-old girl who was playing so much Fortnite, so addicted to Fortnite, which is a, a terrible game. Oh, no, Jeff, oh, you don't like it because you can't play it. Go fucking suck a dick, you 11-year-old internet troll piece of shit. I know why you like it, because it's free, motherfucker, and you don't have a job, so you can't afford a $60 AAA game when it comes out. I've already pre-ordered my Fallout 76. Don't you tell me I don't know about gaming just because I don't play fuck night, all right? Anyway. This nine-year-old has been playing Fortnite so relentlessly with such an addictive personality that she was urinating where she sat. She wouldn't get up to leave the game to piss herself. And the parents were like, oh, a nine-year-old child is addicted to Fortnite and it's the game's fault and we should sue the game and we have to rise up against this travesty. Blah, 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 blah. Shut, 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 shut your fucking mouth. Shut your shitty parental mouth you lazy moronic fucktard here's the deal parents who are letting their kids play so much fortnite they urinate where they sit you're a shit parent correct me if i'm wrong this has got fuck all to do with video games fuck all to do with video games sure that the, the gaming element is is what is preoccupying the child's time but that's your fault, motherfucker. I used to want to play video games all day, every day. I would leave my consoles on. I remember when I had a Sega Marga Mega System. Um, Sega Master System, sorry. And I also had a Sega, I had a Sega Mega Drive. And I had a Master System. And I used to leave those motherfuckers on for so long. Like, I'd leave it on at night. Because this was back in the days. Remember when the Alex Kid was the game that was built into the console? And you couldn't, you couldn't save the game there was no save games it was just like plug in play beat it or don't and if you died that's it you've got to fucking start from the beginning so i would like pause the game and then leave it on overnight just turn the tv off and my mum and dad would lose their fucking minds and i remember once i left the console on and it got so hot because it'd been on for about three days solid 
it got so hot underneath that it was melting the carpet fibers. So we had like a mark and I had to like hide that from my parents for the longest time. It was, it was, it was, it was serious, right? Now here's the deal. That's a kid who's like addicted to games. But guess what happened? After a few hours of me being on video games, my mum and dad would come in and go, Jeffrey, you're done with games. I go, no, just uh, another 10 minutes. I go, no, you're done. I'll turn it off if you don't stop. And I go, all right. And you pause it and then go, get out of the fucking house and go and play with your friends in the street. Go and play some football. Go play some soccer. Go paint models. Go read a book. Go do your homework. Go eat a fucking sandwich. Whatever it was that made me a balanced child, my parents insisted I do that shit. Why are these fucking parents letting this nine-year-old, a nine-year-old, play Fortnite for so long that she urinates where she sits? That's your fault, motherfucker. You are a lazy piece of shit parent. I've seen these, I've seen these cunts as well, walking around with their kids, their spoiled, bullshit little kids. So this is, the, this is my question. This is the thing that I'm trying to pose to you guys as listeners. I want to hear back from you. Remember, you can hit me up, Instagram, at Jeff Leach, Twitter, at Jeff Leach, Facebook, just look for Jeff Leach, you'll find my comedian profile on there, hit me up, send me a direct message, my DMs are open, slide into my DMs, oh baby, I want you to slide into my DMs, slide yourself in there, let me know, it's the parents' fault, is this really an addiction, or can anything be an addiction if it isn't moderated by someone with common sense, nine-year-olds don't have fucking common sense, right? Nine-year-olds try and stick stuff inside of their foreskin. They, they, they like pick their butts. They pick their nose and they eat it. They play with their genitals and don't really understand it. They cry about stupid shit. They're scared of the dark. These are nine-year-olds. Nine-year-olds don't know the fucking difference between common sense and absolute lunacy and addictive behavior. But you're an adult. You should know. So fuck those parents. Now here's the other thing. I just watched a PewDiePie video on YouTube, actually. Another gaming story. There's a 15-year-old lad who commits suicide in the UK. And they were blaming it on this game. I think it's called Doku Doku or Doku Doku. Um, which is like one of those weird fucking, you know, schoolyard horror, uh, psychological horror, um, anime hentai type deals right if it's fucking got japanese schoolgirls in it and one of them's holding a blade on the front cover guess what don't let your fucking child play it right anyway that game is actually quite a straightforward linear boom you know short play game it's funny it's a it's a horror game but it's amusing if you see it for what it is and that wasn't even the game that the kid was playing that caused him to become very addicted or you know to, to to contemplate suicide to have this there's another game that was anyway there was some very lazy journalism that was basically just took this one game the dad it's because the dad made a quote going he was playing this game darko darko and and that's why he committed suicide now listen i can't i can't even contemplate how demoralizing and desperately fucking miserable it must be to lose your child like no parent should ever have to go through that and i'm sorry that this parent did but again You've got to understand what your children are playing, what they're doing. Like the digital age, you catch up. This is when, when I hear parents going, oh, I don't like technology. I don't want to learn about technology. I don't want to know about gaming. I don't need to know about YouTube. Oh, all that shit. 
You do. If you have children, you need to know what content they're putting in their minds, their souls, their hearts. There's a reason why there's 11-year-old boys regurgitating alt-right fucking ideologies. And it's because they watch videos on YouTube and they don't know any better. And they don't know how to decipher the difference between fantastical shit, exaggerated shit, fabricated shit, scripted shit, or just shit in general in terms of content. How do they differentiate that from the world? They don't have any point of reference because they haven't grown up yet. And this is what we're seeing, man. And if you're a parent in this day and age, I know a lot of you listening to this won't be parents, but you'll want to be one day, a lot of you. I'm sure. Or if you've got any sense, you might want to never be a fucking parent. <laughs> anyway, it just did my head in, man. Did my fucking head in because I hate seeing gaming, something that I love and adore, being blamed for what is essentially poor parenting. That's what it comes down to. Someone needs to beat the shit out of these kids. <laughs> Let's stop these kids killing each other and themselves by doing the right thing and beating the living shit out of them just once or twice. Just fucking tell them no and smack that behind. Bring it back. I don't know. I don't believe you have to beat the shit out of your kids, really. I think you can talk through your kids. You know what? I hung out with... Um, this is a story I want to share on the podcast. I would love to get this man on as a guest one day. I think it would be incredible. Uh, yesterday, very uh, coincidentally, I went to a friend's book launch... Wonderful guy called Jim Pascoe. He just launched a book. It's a first in a trilogy of children's books, actually, but they're very much graphic novels that you know can can be read by adults and enjoyed by adults as well. Um, but it's called Cottons Into the Wind. Um, you should check it out. You should buy one. I'm sure you can find it online. Just search Amazon Cottons Into the Wind. And I went to the book launch and I met uh, Louis Theroux, the documentary filmmaker, British TV personality, an all-round legend, I think. He, you know, he was very tied into comedy world back at the beginning. He used to do, like, improv and sketch, I believe, with, uh, with his friends Adam Buxton and Joe Cornish, who went on to create the Adam and Joe show um, and many other things. Joe Cornish now writes Hollywood feature films. Adam Buxton has a wonderful podcast that I was listening to a few days before, like 48 hours before. I was listening to him and one of Louis's episodes. I think he's been on a couple of times on the podcast. And I was listening to it, and he's such an in engaging and interesting man. And yesterday, I was high as fucking all shit. <laughs> I went to this book reading, smoked my vape pen, my little weed sativa pen, got a little fucking high, went back to the house for drinks, got there. There was all these people there. They were very cool people, like a real good mix. There was a bar. They had a bartender in their home in their garden. It was very nice, fun. Ah, oh, lovely nibbles. Oh, I love a nibble. I love a spread. I do love a... Th I love sandwiches cut at right angles, you know? I'm that guy. Cut the crust off. Cut it into triangles. I'm your fucking friend for life, dude. Something like that. You call it a sack lunch in America. We call it a pack lunch. And I like pack lunch because it's packed. Why is it a sack lunch? When do you ever put a lunch in a sack? I guess you do. Like one of those little sacks on the end of a like a handkerchief sack you make and you put it on the end of a stick and you walk along. <laughs> I'm off to adventure and kill some indigenous people. I'm an American with my sack lunch. By the way, happy 4th of July. Today is, is the 4th of July. I'm going to put this up later today. So it will go out on the 4th of July. Ye fucking hard. Anyway, wait, wait I'm, I'm, I'm getting too mixed up. There's too many things to talk about today. Louis Theroux. What a wonderful man. 
Uh, this is this serves no purpose to my podcast other than to in- encourage, especially my US viewers. If you've never seen a Louis Through documentary, and you're going, some of you'll be like, ah, man, documentaries are, hey, buddy, documentaries, they bore the shit out of me. I don't never want to watch one of those things. Hey, you can't make me. I tell you what, kid. You want to watch a documentary? How about you watch a documentary about my balls on your forehead? <laughs> on your forehead. I don't know how you say forehead in America. Forehead. Look at my forehead. I wouldn't know because I have a five head. Anyway, point being. Some of you are not going to know who Louis Threw is. Please do yourself a favor. Go and watch Louis Theroux's documentaries. There's a load of them on Netflix. You can find him. He's done a ton for the BBC. He's doing lots in America now. And they're so interesting, intriguing. He goes very immersive with them. He really lives with the people that he's looking at. He really experiences. The one on Scientology he did, the film he did on Scientology is amazing. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. But anyway, I just talked to him and he was just such a charming guy. But then it was so lovely talking to a talent from the UK. Now, whilst I'm nowhere near, I I have nowhere near the level of success that Louis Theroux has accrued in his career. We certainly, you know, presented on the same network back in the UK on for BBC and we've done TV shows, etc. It was nice meeting a guy, another guy who was kind of, ah, yeah, I'm kind of, even though he's going back to England, he's kind of just done with England and understanding the joy that America brings. You know, this guy, first of all, was very charming, very amusing. We drank, we got a bit drunk together. We made some outlandish jokes. We were definitely Brits. I felt comfortable saying the word cunt in front of him. Uh, which whenever I do that in America, people are like, <gasps> still, especially at polite, <laughs> polite parties where there are children running around and I'm going, I'm going, oh, well, I mean, I hate my ex. She's a bit of a cunt. And people were just like, oh, 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 like, how could he say that? Whereas Louis wouldn't bat an eye. He's a sweet guy. He's a polite guy, but he, he understood the necessity of a well-placed cunt. <laughs> anyway, it reminded me that I do love America. I've, you know, I think over the last last couple of years, certainly since you know the old Trump administration took over, him and his fucking space force <laughs> ideology. I'll get to that in a bit. That's, that's the next bit. But I got to a place where I was going questioning: Do I like being in this country? And I've decided I really do. I really do love the scope of opportunity that is here. Do you know what I'm saying? That's one thing that I will remember on this, the day of the fourth of July, of our calendar year of the Lord. 2018. Jesus post death date of 2018 on this, the 4th of July. I shall remember that the redcoats were turned out of this country. And you know what? It hurt us. I'm not going to lie. We missed it. We missed being here. We missed you. We missed the furs, the pelts, the, the, the opportunity for cataclysmic capitalism <laughs> to ruin our entire society. But God forbid, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta remember that I do like being here. I do love it. I don't know. Space Force, man. Fucking Space Force. That's why he's rounding up all those kids at the borders, southern borders. He needs, he needs. Trump is literally building an empire army. <laughs> he's got these fucking neo Nazis marching around in black clothing, right? He's got all the Antifa lunatics marching around in black clothing. Remember, this is a savage snowflake. I am a snowflake, sure. I am a liberal, yes. But I'm fucking savage about both sides of the political spectrum. If you're marching violently in head-to-toe black outfits, chances are you're a fucking lunatic, right? 
Like, come on, man. Who wears hair? Shit. I am a goth as fuck, right? I got my emo outfit. I wear my skinny black jeans. I wear my black t-shirts. I got silver rings on. But I'm not marching aggressively anywhere. I'm sashaying, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking, I'm floating. I am floating like a social butterfly, stinging like a beautiful bee everywhere I go. But if you are marching aggressively, if you've got your face covered, there you go, that's what it is. If you've got a face covering and head to toe black, chances are you're a lunatic. You're either an Antifa fucking nut job going, we got we to show these right wing what we think. We got to show these violent, aggressive, right wing motherfuckers how wrong their behavior is by acting like a right wing, aggressive, violent motherfucker. Idiots. And the same, those fucking neo-Nazi cunts marching around. But listen, you got all these lunatics, Trump's encouraged all these lunatics on both sides of the political spectrum to start marching around head to toe black. Mm-hmm. Looks like the officers from Lord Vader's fucking empire, right? Then, what's happened next? All the kids be missing from the border, from the southern border. They're disappearing in droves. Oh, we can't find them. We don't know, we don't know whose parents they belong to. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll take care of them. Of course he will. Then he announces the fucking Space Force. I'm gonna make the six the Space Force. We're gonna patrol the universe. He's a, he's a fucking, first of all, mate, first of all, Donald Trump, if you want to have a fucking Space Force, bruv, you, you should really have rethought your political standpoint and also the way you kind of involve yourself with people especially someone like elon musk because guess what that that motherfucker is the only guy who can make your space force a reality and he does not like you he does not care for you sir right and he's a billionaire he's got more money than you he's he's not worried he doesn't need the cash he doesn't need the government grants he's gonna build a peace force out in space everyone's gonna be just cruising around in tesla cars like hey what's up dude fucking hot <laughs> Hi, dude. The hippie space force. Just a, a space force of peace. I just think Trump's building an, a, an empire. He's building a Sith empire. You don't believe me? Look at the facts, man. Just look at the facts. He's got some weird discoloration to his face. So did Lord Vader. Sure, that was because he got burnt in lava when he was a fucking child. A man child. But, you know, Trump's clearly been burnt. At Mar-a-Lago, to the, to the point where he's bright orange. He's fucked in the face. It's pretty likely one of his sons will eventually kill him. <laughs> one of those, one of those fucking inbred, oompa loompa, creepy, tweedledee, tweedledum looking, fat face pigs is definitely going to snap at some point and murder their father. All right, that's fact number two. Three. He's encouraged lunatics to march around in tight black uniforms. Boom. Sith commanders. And finally, children going missing at the same time he announces the Space Force. Coincidence much? I'm just saying, guys. When it happens, you better come fight with the rebels with me. I'm going to be like Han Solo. Like I'm going to be kind of on, the, on board with the, you know, the rebellion. Later on in life, I'll probably get more into it. But I'm, ultimately, I'm just trying to make some money. And I like hanging out with hairy dudes. <laughs> that's my fucking that's my fucking look on it. This is how it's going, man. Uh, I was in Romania, went to Europe recently to go and host a show out there. Two days of 
hosting all these amazing talks. It was like TEDx talks, basically. It's called IC Fest. And then I did a, a one-hour stand-up show to all these Romanians and Central and Eastern Europeans uh, in English, obviously. And they fucking loved it. It was great. It was a really good show. And then I just, I just, oh, I just had so much sex. So much wonderful sex with so many incredibly attractive Romanian girls. In a nice little, uh, it was a little, um, little swingers group orgy scenario. And by God, was it fucking beautiful. I have got to say that when you reach the, the emotional maturity where you can gladly pleasure a woman with your buddy at the other end of her, pleasuring her too, and then have another girl licking your balls while one is sucking your shaft, whilst another one is tongue in your asshole. You've really hit, you've really hit a, an enlightened state. I think, I think yogis, I reckon this is why yoga people, you know, they're all searching for enlightenment. This is why they're all into that tantric sex stuff, because they are fucking enlightened. You know, we can mock the yoga instructor, we can mock the holy man in India who sits cross-legged for 30 years. Now that, that motherfucker, he tells us he's not getting any, but he can tantrically make himself Instacum. Instacum. Oh my God, how's that not a website yet? I bet it is. Sounds like a Pornhub website, Instacum. Come and check out all the latest, check out all the latest videos on Instacum.com. Instacum.com. Oh my God. Make it happen. Elon Musk, let's start this website. Come on. I don't know, man. I just think that the, it's an enlightened way to live your life. Sexually enjoying the fruits of the flesh. doesn't mean you're incapable of, you know, having commitment and companionship, connectivity with people. doesn't mean you can't have an emotional connection to them too. I'm deeply, you know, kind, loving, um, in, in, in deeply kind and loving friendships with... Um, definitely the two people that I stayed with in Romania, this guy and his fiance, who are sort of, you know, like to have the parties with me. But also the women that I know there, a lot of them are now regular friends and people that I keep up with throughout the year. And then every time I go back there, you know, we happen to get naked and just gargle. I gargle a little clit and they gargle a little ball, you know, little, little testicle, gargulation of the testicles. And it feels good. I was so happy there, guys. So happy laying on a beach in where the fuck did we go we went bulgaria we went over the border we went away to the seaside after the event had a couple of days in this wonderful place called Vamaveke, which was cool as fuck it was like a kind of like a it would be their kind of hippie place man hey yo all the young people come down here on the weekends and just hang out and drink and dance on the beach it's real cool you know dancing to like songs from the 90s it was it was pretty dope but then we went to Bulgaria and we sat on this isolated beach, this completely deserted beach in Bulgaria that was lovely. And I, had, I just had my dick sucked on this beach whilst my buddy was watching his girlfriend's laying there topless, looking amazing. It was so beautiful. I, you couldn't write it. And then I came back to England. <laughs> and within two and a half minutes, I'd ended up in the most horrendously awful argument with my parents my divorced parents who decided to come to the airport to pick me up together, which was a very sweet thing of them to do. But then my mum, they, I don't, this is what I wanted to pose to you. This is what this probably next segment is going to be about. I'm going to do an entire podcast, by the way, about mental health at some point. I want to talk about 
in, in, I want to really deal with the lunacy. Well, I d I'm definitely not insane in any way, but I think that all comics are broken. We're broken individuals. I think, I think most people on this planet are broken. We got issues. We just don't like to talk about them that much. It's becoming a little more uh, socially acceptable, I think, to discuss mental health issues, especially right now, you know, a climate of, hey, complete inclusivity, and we just gotta accept everyone for how, how they are, man. So now everyone is a bit more forthcoming, especially people in the public eye, public limelight, actors, comics, blah, 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 saying, yeah, I got depression, or yeah, I got anxiety, or yeah, I like to eat cats, you know, <laughs> whatever the fuck it happens to be that is wrong with them. So I'm gonna do a whole episode on, on mental health, but I wanna discuss for the next little segment, that, and I want to know if this is something that everyone else feels. That my parents have the ability, the very, that I, I almost want to call it a talent because it's so, they're so adept at it, it's frightening. That they are so good at making me go from incredibly happy and joyful and I've just had a wonderful moment or I'm feeling very elated about life. Within two minutes, they can reduce me and trigger me to rage, hurt, a sense of worthlessness. Like I feel like a horrendous pile of dog turd within two minutes of conversation with my parents. Not all the time, don't get me wrong. So I smack the microphone, sorry. Not all the time, sometimes I get on very well with my parents. More often than not, I argue with them constantly and have a terrible relationship with them. But this is, this is the deal, like, I just get to this point where I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't be around you people without wanting to fucking kill myself. I know that's quite, that's quite a grand statement to say, but I think, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, as, as I get older, and this is the thing that I don't know if a lot of people do, as you get older, you either just get stuck in the behavioral patterns that you've always displayed throughout your life, you know, especially when you're a kid, it's almost we like, we apologize, oh no, sorry, we accept adult shitty behavior as opposed to viewing it as what it is, which is it's still just the shitty behavior of a child that has just grown into a big animal. Do you know what I mean? I think there's still, you can beat that shit out of yourself and you can work it out. You just have to get to the crux, crux of the problem. And I think for mine is I've hit a point where I've just accepted that being around my parents makes me feel worthless. Now, I don't want this to be a damning um, review of their parenting, but unfortunately, that's that's a, that's an element of how they make me feel. Um, some of the time, I got in such a huge argument. My mum is the the, the 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 neuroses that I experienced there. It, I can't understand someone coming to meet me at the airport knowing that I'm gonna get out a certain time and then bringing her mobile phone and having it on silent because she, I, I showed her how to turn it up, the volume up. She was like, oh, it doesn't ring. I'm like, because you've turned the volume down. Here, on the side, turn it back up. And she's like, oh, well, uh, uh, I showed her that like literally a week before prior to her coming to pick me up from the airport, a week before. And she turns up and her phone is on silent in her handbag at the bottom of her bag I'm walking up and down the airport going, is she even coming to pick me up? I'm not quite sure. Maybe I should just get a cab home. That's what I'll probably do. And I thought, but if she's here, I know she was asking me what, she asked me what the flight number was. So I was thinking she's probably coming to pick me up. So then I start phoning her phone. No answer, no answer, no answer. I'm getting 
wound up. I'm tired from the journey. I'm a little bit, you know, all right, could do with getting home. I want to be relaxed, and I'm not. I'm already annoyed. She's already making my life difficult, which is a feature of what my relationship is with my mum. And then I phone her home phone. She doesn't answer there. So I use my common sense. I go, well, you know what? If she's not answering her home phone, she's glued to the phone at home. So she must be here or she's out, but I'm going to wait around. I'll do a couple more sweeps to the airport. I walk up and down four times this fucking entire terminal. It's driving me insane. Finally, I find her and my dad in a coffee shop buying coffees. They're sitting down for a coffee. Lovely. How lovely is that? My flight, by the way, had landed 10 minutes earlier. But they're, they're just sitting down having a coffee. Just blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm annoyed, but I'm not like, don't shout or anything. I just go, oh, there you are. Just as well, I decided to check the airport six times because I assumed your phone would be on silent. She's like, oh, well, I don't know. It's, it's on silent. It doesn't ring, Jeff. I don't know. She's already having a go at me now that I'm in trouble. I've done something wrong. It's her, it's, it's the phone's fault. It's not her fault. And if she knows her phone doesn't call, why wasn't she holding her hand? Seeing as she knew I was going to hit the airport soon. Hmm? Anyway, that aside, I, I get annoyed. I get annoyed. Understandably, I think. Understandably, I'm a little angry about the situation. So I explain, explain that. I'm a bit frustrated. I go, all right, well, it doesn't matter. I'm here now, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing that comes out of my dad's mouth is, why don't you stop being such an arsehole, Jeff? Why don't you stop being such an arsehole? Anyway, here's where I'm at in my life. I, I, this is not painting a very good picture of my parents. There, there was, I could recount lots of happy stories about my parents and lots of loving stories about how my parents have done good things for me. You know, I've got a great education. I had a roof over my head, food in my belly, clothes on my back. I didn't ever want for anything. They worked very fucking hard, the two of them, to, you know, work themselves out of a very poor or working class background to give me a middle class upbringing, pretty much. I had like a working middle class upbringing, you know? And, you know, understanding the value of hard work and understanding that you have to provide for yourself. That was definitely a feature of what, what my life had been. But also, I didn't, you know, I went on holidays each year, you know? Some kids never see another fucking state, let alone another country. So I didn't, I can't whinge about my life. However, I've hit a point where I've realized that I've been trying to rectify the, the worst elements of my parents' personalities instead of focusing on ensuring that I don't repeat those. You know? And I've hit that point now, and I think that's fucking enlightened, dudes. I'm sorry to like, yeah, hey, uh, guys, uh, I think you're fine. I'm a pretty enlightened guy. But I want to share, like, I want to share real stuff with you on this podcast. I want us to understand ourselves better by the end of it. And I want you to hopefully laugh at the ridiculous fucking situations I get myself into, my dic- ridiculous opinions on the world, but also have something at the end of it. And this is what I want people to take away, is that you can only change yourself. You can't change other people. That's a very carpet blanket statement that's been made by plenty of people in the past. It's not a new school of thought by any means. It's not some kind of psychological breakthrough. However, when it applies to me, I understand what I need to do. And so I've worked it out. I worked out that I just don't want to let them, in any way, shape, or form, have that negative impact on my life anymore. So anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. I, my dad goes, stop being such a fucking arsehole, won't you? And I go, and I just, rather than scream and shout, I just go, no. <laughs> no. Like I'm telling off a fucking dog. No. B- put it down. You put that down. You put that shit down, dad. 
No, I said, I said, no, dad. Like, you don't get to make me feel like shit as the first thing you're going to say to me. First time I've seen you this trip back to London, the first thing you say to me is call me a fucking arsehole when I'm not in the wrong in any way, shape or form. And I wasn't even angry. I was just pointing out that it was frustrating that mum hadn't answered her fucking phone because she had it on silent at the bottom of her handbag. But it's like, no, you're not going to fucking make me feel like shit. You make me feel worthless. And I was really direct. I said, you make me feel worthless, dad. And this is why for my entire fucking adult life, and since I was a kid, since I was 13 years old, I've drunk, taken drugs, and tried to fucking damage myself because I wanted, there's a part of me that feels worthless and wants to die when you make me feel like that. And I like, the, the, the way to do it was to hurt myself. Anyway, I said, I'm not doing it. I said, give me the key, mum. And then my mum starts crying. This is what she does. She makes it about herself. But I came to see you. And I'm like, no, you don't get to do that. Don't make this about you. Acknowledge how I'm feeling. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm upset. I'm hurt. I don't want to be talked to like that by people who profess to fucking love me. Give me the key. Don't be upset. I'll see you in an hour when we get back to our house. And uh, we'll have some fucking lunch. We'll have some dinner. And she goes, okay, okay, gives me the key. So I walk off. I leave him to it. Then I try and get an Uber. The fucking Uber's a cunt. cunt. He goes to the wrong place. He comes and turns up. He's like, oh, bloody wedding, bloody, bloody place. I'm like, mate, this is the fucking pickup point. It says it on the app. No, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, oh, get up. I'm getting out of your fucking car. I end up telling him to fuck off before I put his head through a window. See, that would have been, back in the day, I would either hurt myself with drink or drugs, which I don't do anymore, or... I would have gone out and I would have had that anger inside of me. And the first person who confronts me unfairly or hurts one of my friends in a bar or grabs a girl I'm with, I would unload all of that fucking rage on them. And that's when you end up in a fucking police cell for the night. You know what I mean? And, and fucking your own life up. So I don't do any of those things anymore. I just like remove myself from the situation. Got in a black cab, got home, boom, boom, boom. I was in the room chilling, just having a, like an hour. I just need an hour to calm down, to relax. And then my mum's like relentlessly, oh, what do you need? What are you doing with this? Can I, oh, I need to tell, you need to tell me what I need to do with this. She, she comes up with the most inane shit to put herself in my life and irritate the fuck out of me. And I was like, mum, please leave me alone. I'm just, I need one hour quiet time in the bedroom just so I can just calm down. And then I'll come out and I'll talk and I'll hang out with you guys. She's like, no, 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 I need to ask you this now. You're going tomorrow. I need to ask you this now. Uh, 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 there's a big bag, there's a big bag of pennies, pennies. There's a big bag of pennies that you had when you were a kid. Uh, there's like five pounds in there and pennies. Uh, can I take it to the bank and trade it in for, for, for change it up for five pounds? I'm like, are you really asking me this? Are you, how fucking mental? Just do it. Just why would you hold on to a bag of pennies for fucking years and then make it my issue that I'm a fucking cunt because I'm not telling you crazy woman. Just A, yes, do that. B, why haven't you done it already if that's what you wanted to do? C, listen to me, you fucking nut job. I'm like so angry and upset and I'm trying to not put that negativity back on you by just being on my own for a minute and I've politely asked you to stop hassling me for a minute and you're fucking digging and 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 i don't know man this is why i'm asking you guys this is why i'm open up to you guys about this on a podcast because i want to know does do your parents do this to you do they fucking know how to they know your button and they know how to twist a knife in there 
man, I lost my shit. I fucking grabbed the bag of pennies, just threw it at the wall. And I was like, there you go. Fucking pennies for everyone now. I was like, leave me the fuck alone. I shouted at her. My dad comes up the stairs. Oh, don't you talk to your mother like this. Blah, 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 blah. And I lost my shit. I'm not, gonna, I'm not proud of it. But I am proud of what I didn't do. And I'll tell you that. I lost my shit. I talked to my dad. I told my dad to get out of my fucking face. I told him he was a hypocrite because my parents used to scream at each other every night for about two decades. And that has a really bad effect on a child. Um, it made me and my sister very sad. And I think that they have to understand the lasting impact that had. So I got up in my dad's face. And I told him, how, what, really? You're going to tell me how to speak to my mum? after you and her screamed into each other's fucking faces for two decades, fucked me and Serana up, that's my sister, and made us that fucking miserable. How fucking dare you? Anyway, I got right up in his face. I had a big shout with match with him. Then I was packing up some other stuff. I was banging around the house, bam, 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 packing stuff, putting stuff up in the loft for my mum before I left. I was still doing jobs for my mum, even though I was so angry. So ridiculous. And eventually my dad's like, oh, fuck you, you can't, fuck you, you, blah, 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 blah. And I lost it. I threw down the shit. I was like, I was like, I was like, I will put you in the fucking hospital, old man. Don't you ever speak to me like that. And he was like, I'm not scared of you. So I threw down these giant metal, uh, like, strats. They were like these strats for my gym bench. I threw them on the floor. And I got, and I fucking, they bang, the metal bangs down. And I got rubbing his face with my fucking almost like I was going to fucking hit him. I went in on him like I was going to hit him. He was sitting down in this chair and he shit his pants. And here's what I felt. And I wanted to share this because I hope it, it speaks to some of you. And I think it's all right. The things that I felt were okay. I felt rage. I felt anger. I felt very good about making him feel that way, making him feel terrified. It felt, the child in me felt really good about being like, he knows now that I'm this six foot four, 220 pound, reasonably athletic motherfucker who could literally snap him like a twig. And if he ever fucking makes me feel that way, I can immediately get in there and fucking scare, scare the shit out of him. But also, in that moment, what I wanted to do was punch my fucking dad in the face. And I didn't. Because I knew that would be, I would be exaggerating harboring encouraging and just um magnifying the shittiest part of me you know someone who can do that i could never hit my family i could never hit women i could never do certain I, like, i'm not a bad guy you know and, and 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 i think for a while the building of my aesthetic as a bit of a bad boy you know what i mean the, come on I, I'm, I'm not dumb the skinny jeans, the fucking big silver rings, the long hair, the tattoos. It's all like a hey, bad guy. Hey, look at this. Look at this kind of bad boy, tough guy, fucking rock and roller, blah, blah, blah. And I've lived that life, absolutely. You know? Questionable shit. You know? Uh, the drink, the drugs, the fucking fighting when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? Riding motorcycles, being a badass, beating the shit out of people when they've hurt friends of mine or whatever. Like, I've done, I've done things that I'm not necessarily proud of or things that make me that kind of character but i'm not lost in the bullshit facade that that is all that i am what i am is a guy who fucking loves all people man all fucking people the the the, the last few weeks have been very much an eye-opener for that i'm using this this program 
to find people on social media accounts that like stand-up comedy and uh, use hashtags like stand-up comedy and blah, 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 blah. And it's been growing my audience immensely. Some of you will be new followers. I know you'll be like, oh, he's followed me on Twitter or he followed me on Instagram. I wonder why. And that's why. And what it also has made me follow is a whole load of people that think very different to me about the world. I got a message on Twitter today from a guy who was like, he sent me a private message. He just went, hey, listen, I was really surprised to get a follow from you. I've heard you on Legion of Skanks podcast, or I heard you on some other podcast on Anti-Kumini Network, and I know that our politics are very different. I know that I'm very right-wing and blah, blah, blah. He said, but I like the fact that you follow me, and I, I really, it, you know, I've, I've really liked the way you've talked on those podcasts, even though we're completely, well, or we seem to be quite opposite in our outlook on the world. And he said, I really admire that you would give me a follow and, and, and I'm going to listen to your podcast and I think you're very funny. I think your stand-up's really good. Again, it's okay to laugh and to like the conversation with someone that you don't agree with. It was that, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that was effectively his outline. And I sent back to him just saying, man, you know, it means a lot and, and, and thank you for the listenership. And also, I'm with you on that, man. I, I don't think that everyone who thinks, sees the world a certain way is A, a piece of shit, or B, incapable of intelligent, eloquent conversation, or funny conversation, or cracking a good joke, you know? And it's finding that, it's finding the way that we can empathize, that we can connect to one another, that is going to stop the world fucking imploding. That's my opinion. I swear too much. I noticed that on the podcast. Um, little update. I got my mate Terry sitting right behind me now. He arrives early for everything. I think this is like a very British thing. LA, everyone is late for everything. Like, by late, I don't mean New York late. I don't mean my black friends late. I'm talking LA people turn up four hours after an event has fucking started and then go, oh, well, well God. Well, it's going to finish soon. Oh, that sucks. And it's like, motherfucker, it started four hours ago. I felt it on my birthday. My birthday was the most miserable experience that then turned into a very lovely experience. <laughs> but the miserable bit left me a little um, commiserating my move to LA briefly. But I, I like said to friends, yo, I'm having my birthday at my new apartment. I'm going to make some food and stuff. I've got, I'll have food and drinks for you. You know, four o'clock, because it's just like a Sunday thing. So come a bit earlier in the daytime, blah, blah, blah. Four o'clock. What do you reckon, right? So yeah, I thought to myself, like, come, come at like three, four o'clock. That's where I need you guys here. And we'll have some food and drinks. And I want to, you know, I'm going to kind of wrap things up a little bit early. I'm an old man. It's an old man party. Come early, leave early, get the fuck out of my house. Let me go to bed. I'll probably be high and drunk and I'll just want to pass out. Anyway, three o'clock went, six o'clock went, seven and eight. And I was sat there going, no one's coming to my fucking birthday party. Like literally no one was there. So by this point, I already drunk a bottle of red wine on my own. I was sitting there eating all the fucking food that I'd made. I was like eating all the chips and dips and I made all these, I made all these delicious like snacks and stuff and I was eating all these things. Um, and I was just sitting on my own and I was watching a Netflix series. I'd just given up. I thought that's it. And I was really at the point where I was like, you know what? No one's ever going to come to this. And if they now call, it's like nine. I'm just not going to bother answering the phone. I'm going to just like mug it off. They can all go fuck themselves. But then I did let people, someone... Okay, was like, hey, sorry, man, I'm sorry I'm a little bit late, but I'm here now, blah, 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 like 8.30, whatever. And, I, and then he came and hung out, hung out with me, and then eventually more people arrived, and then it was a really nice little party. It was lovely. But I don't know if that's like an L.A. thing. I'm, I'm really like, I think this is the problem of doing a podcast after three, two, three weeks of not doing the podcast and going, shit, I've got to do the podcast, is that I have so many thoughts, so many fucking things I want to talk about. And then it goes all over the place. 
It's the way it is, guys. <laughs> this is an interesting one today. Another thing that happened to me while I was back in London. That's why Terry's made me think of the UK now. I, uh, I went back to London. All my friends, all my friends got babies now. They all got little babies. The, the last friend who didn't have a baby has now got a little baby, newborn baby. Adorable as fuck. Super cute. It's a little cutie. Um, looks like an alien. Six, six weeks premature. <laughs> or two months premature. Or some shit like that. He was fucking super premature. But he started to grow into his features now. It's great. But he, um, yeah, they all got babies. And I thought about it because they were like, one of them's pregnant again. And she's so smoking. All my friends, girlfriends, all of the wives, girlfriends are super fucking hot. And also literally tick every box. There's like a, an incredibly hot um, Asian girl who's like Australian, you know, raised in Australia, but like Japanese, I think Japanese parents, and she's super sexy. Um, then there's uh, a French girl who's like super like, you know, just got that oh, natural beauty and like full lips. And she's, preg she's pregnant right now again. Um, then you've got um, uh, a, a sexy Jamaican English girl, you know, black girl. <clears throat> it's like real curvy and like fit, but fit curvy, blah, blah, blah. Like it, 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 literally every single one of these girls. Then you've got like a Greek, dark haired Greek woman with like bronze skin. Every single one of them is super fucking hot. I'm super happy for all my friends. They are my friends, the girls as well. But my friends have done well. I, I'm not surprised they all married these girls and started to pump out babies. But it made it got me thinking, right? Like one of them is super pregnant right now. And my buddy was going, yeah, well, you know, like the, they were talking, we were talking about sex previously, uh, briefly. And I was like, at what point? Because I consider myself a very progressive individual, right? I think when my wife is pregnant, of course we're going to still have sex. You might have to be a little bit more careful. You don't want to hurt the baby. You don't want to damage it. You don't want to fucking pat. You know, you know, you know, you're not going to be, you know, doing <laughs> donkey punching her in the fucking kidneys, you know, bouncing up and down on her stomach. <laughs> like, you got to be careful. Not that donkey punching women in the kidneys is my thing. But you understand what I'm saying. You got to be a little more tender with the pregnant lady. But also, I wanted to think about the sort of the psychological element of it. Like, there's, there's your babies in there. And I know for a lot of men, the sex life dwindles a little bit once the pregnancy gets more and more real because they're a bit, like, worried about hurting the baby. And also, weirded out. Like, once the woman is a mother, they see her as a different thing than a sexual, a sexual being. They see her as a mothering being. It's like, all right, the sex is done now, and now you just feed the baby from your breasts, and I protect you to but I miss that we don't fuck as much and blah, 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 blah. But they're saying these guys got like a good sex life. I mean, he's Italian, she's French. They were basically, you know, designed to fuck. <laughs> Sicilian man, French woman, come on. That, that's all they do, those two groups of people. Or oh, except some mafia stuff and maybe a lot of cheese eating. Anyway, the two of them... Still having sex. And I was like, well, at what point does it literally become impossible? At what point do you just go, nah, I can't even. Because I, I consider myself a reasonably well-endowed gentleman. I don't want to be thrusting my dick inside and then feel a little hand grab the tip of it. You know what I mean? I don't want to pull out penis and child at the same time. Grab out! Come on, you're coming out! <laughs> grab out of this! I can't hold it, Dad. I can't, I can't grip it. My hands are so slippery because of the placenta i'm currently pushing my fingers towards <laughs> through it's not the placenta placenta feeds it it's the sack that they are in they're inside the, the 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 womb 
I don't even know why. I don't. I just realized I don't know where the placenta goes. Where the fuck is a placenta, Terry? Do you know where a placenta, placenta it's, sits? It's the sheath that comes around the, the baby, and that's what comes. No, out. it's not. The placenta is not, uh, not surrounding the baby. The placenta is the sac that feeds the baby. So the umbilical cord is attached there. The yeah. I know the placenta just comes out when the baby's born. It does because it's attached to the umbilical cord and they cut it off and then you can, if you're a fucking sick weirdo, you can eat it. You can eat. It's not good for you. I mean, it's got full of nutrients because it's feeding the baby, but it's nutrients for an unborn baby, not for a fully grown man or woman. Terry's trying to convince me to eat placenta disgusting fucking animal turns up early for everything very reliable but an absolute animal anyway here's the deal i don't know where a fucking percenter is i just realized i'm gonna look that shit up i bet you guys don't either it's inside the, the baby's inside the womb comes out from the womb the percenter is attached to it it swings its round its head like a little yeehaw like a like a rodeo clown swings it over to dad he snaps the umbilical cords takes the percenter cooks it up a little bit of garlic Maybe some smoked paprika. Serves it up. The whole family eat it. Kid grows up to be a serial killer. The end. That's how it works. I don't know. I'm just trying to work out. At what point? Because I want to be able to fucking bone with my wife until the last possible minute. But I'm sure it's going to be uncomfortable for her at some point. She might just kind of like, you know what? I feel a little gassy today. Like, you know, I'm, I'm having some pains. I've got some cramps. Please get your dick as far away from me as possible. Also, if your wife gives you oral sex and swallows your semen swallows that delicious protein filled cum then that's going to end up inside are you you're effectively putting semen inside of your does that make you a pedophile <laughs> by association you could literally be like dude you Wait, your wife sucked your dick when she was pregnant? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, she didn't stop sucking the D until I told her to. Wow. So you came inside of your baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? Well, technically, everything she eats gets processed down, and then those nutrients feed your child. So your cum, that protein has ended up inside of your wife's belly that has gone then to feed the child. So you put your cum inside of your unborn baby. You sick fuck. Just things to think about, guys. <laughs> oh, man. We're all going to be dead in five years. It doesn't matter. Laugh. Love. Enjoy yourself. It's July 4th. What are you going to be doing for July 4th? I'm going to go to my friend's house right now in a pair of disgustingly small Euro shorts. Show the outline of my penis. Terry, you wearing short shorts? We wear short shorts. You're wearing, we wear short shorts. Yeah, we do. See, Brits, we love it. We love making Americans feel awkward on their national holidays. Um, I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. You've been lovely. Enjoy yourselves. I hope you have a beautiful July 4th, whatever you're doing. Congratulations on the independence. You guys seem to really be dealing with that in the, in the most progressive and common sense-filled manner. Uh, well done. Space Force is coming. Mark my words. The Sith Army is being raised right now by Lord Trump. And if you don't know it, then you're not fucking looking at the facts. Um, keep fucking your pregnant wives. If you're a pregnant wife, keep sucking your man's dick. Feed that baby those nutrients and everyone barbecue up a placenta this July 4th. Let me know how it tastes. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been Jeff Leach. You've been Savage. I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>